Quantum Kickflip is a proud member of the Alberta Podcast Network. Locally grown, community supported. Previously on Quantum Kickflip. Last night showed me that we can work together and that we are a team and that we do care about each other. Two things. One, you got a problem, you tell us about it. Two, Jet Collective. Yeah, I know. I'll, I'll talk to them. I promise. I don't know if I can do this anymore. And he actually gets up and takes his armor and he doesn't know how to explain himself further and uh, he heads off. Uh, as Chester uh, walks away, Angus shakes his head, flicks his cigarette out on the ground and says, coward. And sitting behind a, a big modern sleek looking desk is the person you've seen on, you know, magazine covers and in history books, Tristan Voss. Why don't we give it a trial run? Literally, let's have you guys do a run with full Miper partnership. Well, all right then. Uh, what's the run? and welcome back to Quantum Kickflip, a Slug Blaster actual play podcast. My name is Robin. I am your host. I am your Slug Master Game Blaster. And with me are five of my best and funniest friends in the whole world. And they're going to introduce themselves for you right now. Uh, we had some upheaval last episode. We had someone quit the crew. Uh, so I want you to introduce yourselves in the order of uh, whose character has quit the most things. Jobs, teams, what, whatever you feel like go it's my moment (laughs) (laughs) hello everybody my name is lena anderson and i am playing angus franklin the guts playbook with the skip mode runners angus had a two-year tumultuous period where he was homeschooled while he was homeschooled he was put in a new extracurricular pretty much every month uh, uh, lasting, you know, from days to canonically nine weeks at most. So this boy has so much experience at quitting things. <laughs> Weird that you were the most angry about Chester quitting. Almost like there was some projection going on. <laughs> what? Huh? What? <laughs> uh, well, I, I, I don't know how much this counts, but uh, my name is David Ray, and I'm playing Chester Capone. Uh, Chester has just recently quit uh, Weird Gravity, and uh, and I mean, he also quit the city of Philadelphia uh, to come <laughs> to Small Town Alberta, so that I, I'm, those are two significant <laughs> ones. Uh, he is the Grit Playbook, and he has powered armor, and uh, I... Frankly, I don't even know why I'm here right now, because uh, Chester quit. So I, got, <laughs> I guess you got to keep me on the payroll, I suppose. You're just going to, yeah, you're just going <laughs> to listen to us play Slug Blaster. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, hey, my name is Glenna. I play Elliot Buchanan, who is the chill playbook. She is a singer-songwriter Slug Blaster who uses a voidware backpack to store all her stuff. Uh, I figure she quits a lot of, like, creative endeavors, and I don't mean, yeah, yeah. like, with other people. I think there are a lot of half-written songs kicking around kind of a thing. Totally. I bet Elliot probably doesn't view it as quitting. It's probably like, oh, these are all things I'll get back to. But, like, Glenna mm-hmm. as a player knows th- those have effectively been quit. She will never finish those songs. Yeah, absolutely. 
I am Michael Vetch, and I am here playing Nick Lowe, the Smarts Playbook, the anime-loving and adventurous, sword-wielding, run-around-stick-to-the-ceiling kind of boy. And uh, Nick's, Nick's a smart guy. He, uh, I think he doesn't really give up on many things. Maybe sometimes his timetable gets a little too full, but he just kind of keeps piling on more and more clubs and extracurriculars and his part-time job and things and things things. W- will it lead to gifted kid burnout? Ah, nah! No! <laughs> no. I'm sure it's fine. Uh, and I'm Liam Kreswick. I play Lake Marsden. She is the heart's playbook. Uh, and I think it is that big heart of hers that just makes it, she just like, she just can't quit. I think, you know, objectively, she could have just said no to doorways at any point in this, um, but just had committed, made that commitment to her mom and is keeping it. And I think other things like she's, you know, she's still a lifeguard, um, even though she's been doing that since junior high. And I think maybe she's also like the president of a fan club of a defunct boy band she liked in junior high. But the very (laughs) idea of letting anyone else be president is like upsetting. She's like, no, no, no one will know how to do it right. (laughs) Um, in fact, the band was called Defunct, uh, and they're no longer around. <laughs> yes. It was a Millie situation. Uh, beautiful. Uh, I love all of that. And as mentioned, I am Robin. I am your host and your slugmaster. Uh, and I started thinking of a bit to do, and then I quit. Uh, so here we are. <laughs> um, that one felt like a cop <laughs> Uh Yeah, there's been some upheaval. Last, uh, last run... Ended with uh, with a pretty big bombshell, just as Elliot returned to the crew and and re uh, reunited with her friends. Uh, Chester decided that uh, that he couldn't hack it anymore, couldn't hang out with you guys. Um, I think there was some some guilt and some blame of himself, and just like some self doubt in play. Uh, and yeah, he has uh, effectively quit the crew. And then you guys signed a contract with uh, Myper. Well agreed to go on a trial run for Miper. Let's not, nothing's in writing yet. And uh, yeah, so you guys have bumped up the fame track and are are a pretty big deal at this point. Uh, but speaking of that test run, that trial run that Miper was going to arrange for you guys, are you guys ready to, to head out on your trial run? Are you ready to play some Slug Blaster? Yeah. yeah. I'm ready to listen to it. <laughs> <laughs> I transport you all. Uh, to the plain of Operabla. The horizon is a deep red scar extending infinitely across the landscape in a perfectly horizontal line. The sun beyond it never fully rises or sets, offering little in the way of light or warmth beyond this slash of color in an otherwise featureless landscape shrouded in a noxious fog. The dull crimson glow is interrupted in three places, blocked out by three enormous towers that stand in stark contrast to the endless nothingness that surrounds them. This trio of warring corporate megatowers comprises the entirety of Operablum's habitable terrain. Viewed from above, they would appear as three triangles, with each outer wall spanning miles and miles. Viewed from the side, they are staggering monoliths, their imposing brutalist architecture extending upwards into skeletal frameworks and scaffolding near their peaks. The three towers are spaced in perfect symmetry, with branching pedways and snaking sky trains weaving around and between them, and the outer walls are adorned with massive electronic billboards that constantly flicker and emit a deep hum that you can feel in your teeth. An ever-present drizzle of rain leaves everything slick and reflective, and the humid air smells of gasoline, wet concrete, and rust. 
on the 309th floor of the Lanston Enterprise Mega Tower, in the back booth of a dimly lit noodle shop with a crackling neon sign in the window that reads Jumbuck, we find the four current members of Weird Gravity having just finished their meal. So Elliot, I'm picturing this is somewhere that you, you've been to Operablem before. You're actually the only one who has. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm picturing this is your favorite noodle shop that you tried while you were on tour here. Uh, and you swear by it. Maybe it's not even like that notable, but because it's the one place you, you went while you were here, you're now the like, oh man, you want you want the good noodles? You, you got to go to Jumbuck. That's the place you go. Uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I think this was this was your doing that brought everyone here. And I want to just take a moment to uh, to check in with the members of Weird Gravity. Um, Elliot is pretty quiet. I think she's just focusing on the noodles. And and I said she was quiet. Elliot is not speaking. Elliot is slurping. <laughs> uh, I think Lake is finishing off. I think she just got a dessert like platter, like three different desserts. Um, oh, very good. Yeah, I, I think they're like uh, they're little dumplings, and they're like like oddly colored little little lumps. Uh, and like, no matter what the outside would suggest, the inside might taste like. It's always like a surprise. Like there's a a blue one, and then you bite into it, and it's got kind of like a, a cinnamon and spice interior, and you're like, that's not mm-hmm. what I expected that to taste like. Um, yeah, I realized that I just made the dessert equivalent of those Kool-Aids that are a different color than their flavor. That's all I did. <laughs> Who do you think Null got it from? That's fair, oh. yeah. So yeah, she she just finished off the third, and it was uh, green but tasted like popcorn. Oh my god. <laughs> I don't know why that's so upsetting. She, she's, not, she's not sure how she feels about it, but she, she ate it, so. I think Angus is trying to figure out how they made the noodles square. <laughs> <laughs> like they have sharp corners they're, they're not like you know how noodles are you know noodles except yeah. not because this is operable and they have corners to them and angus just doesn't he's like these are cooked like they're soft but they have cor- what is happening so he's he's just puzzling that one over bread has corners <laughs> bread does have corners <laughs> that is true <laughs> checkmate i guess just saying uh, Nick is like, are we at a table or is there like a, like a booth side or? It's a, it's a booth. Yeah. I think we described okay. Nick is kind of like sprawled out one leg up top. He like very cartoonishly flopped over in kind of like a, like a, like a salt coma. Cause he, <laughs> he ate his huge corporate size double order of ink squid ramen way too fast. <laughs> and no, I did not say squid ink. I said ink squid. It's a different thing. <laughs> Love it. Well, then I think it's at this moment uh, that you guys all feel a, uh, actually, maybe it's just one of you. Angus, you feel a buzz uh, of your M phone uh, and you pull it out of your pocket. Now, we didn't cover this last time, but one thing uh, that happened as a result of your uh, taking this deal with Miper, you guys all got brand new shiny new M phones. Um, The latest model, like an unreleased model, maybe like a prototype. Um, Everyone else has, we've described like flip phones that are super, super fancy and and high tech. Uh, But this is like that thing where you've got the rectangular screen and then it like slides sideways and there's a full keyboard on it, which is mind blowing technology for early year 2000. You guys are... uh, I've never seen anything like this. No more T9. You never have to tap the same key multiple times to get a different letter ever again. Revolutionary stuff going on right here. 
Um, so you feel this this new M phone buzz. You click out the the keyboard on the side, and you've gotten a text message from Savitri of Jet Collective. I think maybe one of you is it fair to say that someone may have uh, have posted to their my page, uh, done the done the old uh, Instagram food post in this noodle shop. I think Lake probably did it, but I think Angus gets the text because we've yes. established that they've texted before. They've got a relationship there, yeah. So yeah, Angus, you get a text saying, hey, are you guys in Operablum right now? Saw the tag. Yeah, on a run. We're about to be. I think there's something you guys should probably see. Do you have some time? Uh, now you would know that uh, you, you've got an arranged meeting time for the start of this run. Miper has given you like a, a location and a time to be there. But you guys came early, especially to try out Elliot's favorite no- noodle shop. And you got a little bit of downtime before you need to be anywhere. Yeah, I'm game. I mean, when in, when in Operablum. Yeah, drop a location. Let's, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and she sends you whatever the alternate timeline 2000 equivalent of like a map pin is. Uh, and you can see that it's uh, uh, somewhere called Knacker's Row here in Operablum in one of the... Uh, Sorry, Knacker's Row? Are we getting knackered? <laughs> Is that Glenna asking or Elliot? That's Glenna asking. Because <laughs> okay. that would be wild if Elliot did a French accent. Anyway, Angus gets up and says, okay, we got to go. Where, where are we going? What, what, what did they say? Well, I don't know what they said. They want us to meet them, so we're meeting them. And Knacker's oh. Row. Elliot, does that sound familiar? Does it? It does not. Oh, don't know that one. Wait, we're meeting them right now? Oh, I uh, got time, right? Yeah, no, that's um cool. It'll be fine. All right. Wait, have you not talked to them since the the magazine article? I mean, since they yelled at me for the magazine article. Well, yeah. No. Oh, well. It's maybe weird. this is an olive branch. That would be cool. I ignored something long enough, and then it went away. Cool. Yeah, that's how that works. No more olives, please. The sodium's too much. <laughs> I think you, uh, you guys go fill up a, a big glass of... of it, it's a pitcher with ice in it. You assume it's water and uh, and <laughs> hydrate Nick a little bit and try and get him uh, out of this salt coma that he has uh, found himself in. Um, and eventually you're able to pry him out of the booth and, uh, and you all make your way out. Uh, you exit the restaurant and step out onto a wide platform that runs along the edge of this tower. There's a concrete barrier along the outer edge, and if you lean out over it, you can see the tower extend downward for miles, at which point it fades into mist and shadow. The surface of Operablum is uninhabitable, and over the years the toxic layer of smog has continued to rise, forcing the residents to keep moving higher and... As a result, building their towers taller and taller. Every few decades, a team has to be sent down in protective hasware to build up and reinforce the tower's foundations. Elliot waves you all over to a glass cylinder about the size of a phone booth embedded in the wall. The door of the hyperlift seals shut behind you and your stomachs turn as you are suddenly propelled upwards, rocketing up the side of the tower at a truly terrifying speed. If you look out the window, you can see the other two towers off in the distance, and the sheer size of them, backlit by the crimson glow of the horizon, is breathtaking, but most of you find it's easier to hold on to your recently finished lunch if you just stare at your shoes. While in the elevator, uh, Angus looks over to Elliot and is like, 
You think you have a problem with ignoring things until they go away. At least our entire dimension isn't messed up. Yeah. This is, uh... A lot. Yep. Well, maybe this is your chance to, to put a bow on it and, you know, not not just let it fester until it goes away or, or come back spanking the ass. Like, this, this is your chance to, to you know, all branch him yourself. I guess so. Heck yeah! And she, like, does a little kick off a garbage can. <laughs> <laughs> She's tr- Lake is really trying to stay positive, but, uh, you know, with without Chester here, it, it feels weird. That's entirely fair. Uh, you all exit the uh, lift at the 249th floor and cross a huge open-air pedway to enter the Web Corporation building. A huge electronic billboard covers the wall above the entrance, advertising a familiar-looking energy drink in an unfamiliar language. And at that point, your your phone buzzes there, and you have found your way to what you can only assume is Knacker's Row. There's sort of a crowd of people crossing the pedways, and as you enter into the building, uh, they all kind of take a corner into this sort of open warehouse-like space, and that seems to be where everyone is milling around. There's some uh, what appear to be like like wickets or ticket windows along one side. There's uh, there's some bleachers off in another direction and then there's just a lot of people kind of milling and standing around um and you guys take a second to get your bearings here but it's not long before uh you hear someone call out uh, and you see savitri of jet collective running over to you <sighs> hey uh that was uh, that was fast thanks you know us listen um i'm i'm here with the crew and i don't know that they'd love that i'm you know, talking to you guys right now. So, I mean, not that you would have an occasion to, but m- maybe don't bring it up. I don't know. I just, I get why everyone's angry and stuff, and 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 I am too. But this just feels like you you should see this. This feels too important to to let this. I don't know what I'm trying to say. I don't know either. You're killing me here. Yeah. What's going on? And she kind of like pushes her hair back with two of her four hands and and sighs and is just like, "Listen, we're we're just about done. We're gonna take off, so don't worry about like, you know, things coming to a head right now. We'll get, we'll I'll I'll steer them clear of you guys and 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 it's fine. But just just hang out for a little bit, okay? Just for the next round at least. All right? Round of what? You'll find out. Listen, I I gotta go. And she takes off and, and, and runs back the way she came and, and presumably off to go find the rest of Jet Collective. I hate that. I hate that. What? I hate What's with that? the cloak and dagger act? Is this, what is this, like a like a lacrosse game? A cockfight? What are we at here? Rooster's <laughs> <laughs> playing lacrosse? Let's, let's just go inside and find out. I mean, how, how bad can it be? It's probably some like underground fighting pit or something where people bludgeon each other barefisted. Huh. You know, Chester would love to do that or to see that. <laughs> yeah, damn. Oh. Of all the runs for him to miss. And I think it's at that moment that you all hear the crackle and whine of a speaker system, and an amplified voice announces something in a language that you don't understand. And the crowd all begins to filter into bleachers and take their seats. You find an unclaimed row in a higher section and peer down to where a section of the floor is lowered, creating a sort of pit in the center of the room. There's a door at either end, and as the alien announcer's voice reaches an enthusiastic crescendo, an enormous creature comes barreling out of one of the doors. Its front legs are thick and scaly, its webbed toes tipped with intimidating claws. 
Its back legs stand in stark contrast to the front, both in that they're made of metal and that there's six of them. A pair of massive toothy jaws snaps and snarls beneath a mismatched set of eyes, one beady and yellow, the other glowing and crimson. This creature, which looks like a crocodile mixed with a spider mixed with a bulldozer, is quite possibly the last thing you would have expected to appear here. But it's what comes out of the other door that really surprises you. As the announcer is amping him up uh, using this alien language, uh, you don't know what it's saying, but then it gets to the one part of like, this is the name and Chester Babyface Capone. And the doors open and uh, uh, you can see Chester coming out. He has a fedora that he got from his grand Capone and uh, uh, has like an oversized like suit jacket that like awkwardly fits over his powered armor. And he comes out uh, wielding in both hands uh, super soakers. And the super soakers have this uh, uh, cardboard thing that he cut out and pasted over it to make it look like a Tommy gun. And uh, it's just in time because he had lit the fireworks uh, backstage. And so he's like setting off these like Roman candles. Coming out of the gun, and because uh, he he knew if he was going to have to join this uh, uh, fighting league, he wanted he he took inspiration from the wrestlers and kind of just figured, well, his last name's Capone. I gotta really lean into this, and uh, that's that's why he's uh, Chester Babyface Nelson Capone, and um, and he throws down the two super soakers and pulls off the jacket, and underneath he has his like gym shorts. And, but his bare chest uh, and strapped into the uh, armor. And uh, yeah, he throws the fedora and he's just in a, a ready position and starts like stomping forwards looking at the creature. I was joking when I said my thing. I didn't think this is what would actually happen. <laughs> Holy fudge. He, he quit weird gravity to go do this? Uh, and Lake's a little heartbroken. Lake's like, yeah, the, Lake is Lake is confused and a little hurt. You know who else is about to be a little hurt? I might assume <laughs> our good friend Chester Capone. Chester, this thing, uh, this uh, cyber rancher dial, uh, snarls at you menacingly uh, uh-huh. and snaps its massive jaws. Uh, what do you do? Well, very first, uh, he stomps forward. He points up into the stands to like where like maybe one of the big wigs of this fighting tournament, and he points at him, and he just like he says uh, in the most uh, theatrical voice that he has, "You can't, you can't take me down, tax man." <laughs> There's like a a uh, big portly operablen man in a suit up in the stands. Uh, which I, I haven't written in my notes. Who runs this thing? Jericho Zebulak is like tax man. What the hell is he? What the hell is he talking about, tax man? <laughs> <laughs> He's going to run forward. I'm going to use a couple of extra dice uh, right off the start uh, from his grit. The thing is, as you'll notice uh, the, the weird gravity notices that as Chester is going forward, he's more reckless than you've ever seen him. Like, he goes in for a big old punch right off the start, You, what you kind of imagine, but this creature is much bigger than him, and he's getting uh, slammed about, but he rolls a five. 
as he like just he's just punching he's not even necessarily fully engaging the armor yet he's trying to save that he's just going purely uh with the big punches off the start yeah uh i love that you so you this thing as described is like a, a robot spider crocodile the size of a bulldozer and you run up to just punch it directly in the snout um, <laughs> Uh, so I think he's just trying to, uh, he goes in, you know, the big old jumping punch uh, and hits hard onto the head. He does a couple of more punches. He then tries to swing up and tries to get uh, kind of up onto the back of the neck of the thing and, you know, elbows a couple of times into the top of the head. Uh, he then tries to go further back up the, the spine, I guess, towards the... Uh, the, the bulbous spider end of this thing. Uh, mm, yeah. and, and, and he starts climbing up there and he's going to get ready to like try to punch down into the, the, the bulk of the, the spider butt because he thinks that that's where uh, the brain of the robot will be is in the spider butt. He has no reason to believe this, uh, <laughs> but he's just like going with gut feeling more than, more than anything else. I love that, yeah. And I think as you're crawling back there, you're because it's it's so big that it's hard to take it all in at the same time. And so you're crawling up this thing's sort of robotic abdomen because uh, it's kind of got crocodile in the front, spider in the back. And the the thought crosses your mind of like, wait, was it all spider in the back or did it have like a big crocodile tail? I think it was probably all spider in the back. And as you're thinking that, a big scaly tail comes up and and thwacks you off the back. So I think you get a bunch of hits in on the front end, but as you're getting going towards the back, that's where the complication comes in, and this thing knocks you hard, and uh, we're going to give you a slam here uh, of uh, Wallet. Multiversal mayhem! Forget PCSB5! Chester to get his whole entire tape to himself with this! Come on, baby face! Treat that beastie like it's the IRS! <laughs> At this point, Elliot... <laughs> gets up, digs in her bag for a cigarette, and leaves. Oh, shit. Yeah, I think, uh, I think Lake's gonna cut. Can I join you, Elliot? Yeah, sure. Yeah, so back in the pit, uh, Chester, you, you have been walloped by this tail, and I, I think you're, we join you careening through the air, uh, towards the wall of the pit. Uh, yeah, so I think I tumble hard and roll, and, uh, dust goes up, people are like... Uh, reacting in such a way like he, he's got a little bit of the underdog vibe to him because uh, humans don't normally fight in this super robot. I was going to say, uh, how could fights. you not? <laughs> <laughs> uh, and and he, he gets back up and uh, he does something what he, he doesn't normally do, but, but he's trying to do his best to uh, be a showman. And instead of launching right away uh, with the powered uh, midsoles, he kind of like revs it as if it's like uh, uh, it'd be the equivalent of spinning your tires uh, and it's just sending all this dirt behind him as he's like getting ready to, to launch forward and uh, he is aiming to grab one of the spider legs at the back and he's going to mm. attempt to grab it and uh, pull it with him underneath the body and try to like do a big twist him I guess is the, the attempt. Oh, I love it. I'm going to uh, use uh, both a boost and a kick uh, from my armor. Yeah, I, th I think that's what, what I'm going to do. 
Uh, I rolled another five. Yes, I think you you are able to do this. You roll off that first toss, and then you're you're dodging and weaving around the legs, and you manage to sort of pounce, grab one, and pull it with you underneath this thing. And uh, and with that kick you put on it, I think you're able to fully flip this thing over onto its robotic back. And I think you may have found its main weakness here, um, which is that uh, it, it's not designed to be inverted like this. Like, it doesn't have any way of sort of, like, flipping itself back right side up. Um, so it kind of just has, like, six robot legs and two uh, scaly legs flailing in the air uselessly, uh, and its jaws are sort of snapping. However, I think your complication here is that it does give you a sense of, like, false security in that, like, it does seem to be pretty helpless. And as you go to move in for your uh, for your coup de gras here, I think it uh, hits you with the uh, glowing red cybernetic eye, blasts out a beam of of, uh, of optic force, and just like it, it shoots you with an eye laser, basically. <laughs> uh, can I nope that? I, I'm I'm gonna I'm, I'm thinking as the beam comes in, his ablatine plates like react, like it notices an energy signature, and like it pulls it up, like because that's. This Absolutely, yeah. yeah. So that would have been your second slam, but you can mark two trouble, and yeah, you you deflect that uh, seamlessly. Yeah, float like a mutant moth, sting like a hyper hornet. <laughs> <laughs> uh, now, uh, a- after I see that blast and realizing I don't know how many times I could possibly do that, I can't. I may not be able to rely on the plates to hold up to that much damage. I got to make sure this counts, and uh, and, and I take uh the i'm still holding onto the leg and i'm going to try to like grab another one so like this is from the one side of the body i want to grab one from the opposite side of the body and then using my uh the two gauntlets to hold them in place i'm going to try to pull them together and kick my leg up over it and i'm basically doing a weird version of a the sharpshooter which is like tangling up the legs and trying to pull them together and like uh, as I slowly tie the legs together that's my attempt <laughs> I love it yeah absolutely let's get a roll for that okay so uh, once again I'm gonna have to use uh, another uh, boost and a kick from the armor and uh, I think because this is kind of a, a big thing I'm gonna use a, another die from the grit as well oh man you are burning a lot of resources here <laughs> I love it I love it <laughs> it doesn't help me at all because I got a, just another five. <laughs> <laughs> um, beautiful. I didn't make a progress track for this because I didn't want it to be a super long engagement, but three successes was the uh, the number I had in my head, and I think that that about does it. So yeah, I think you you are forcing these legs together. They're they're big steel spider legs, so I don't know that you can like tie them in a knot. Um, But something else happens instead. As you sort of bend them against, like, further than they're designed to go, you start to see, like, smoke coming out of the the joints, and, like, it looks like you're you're sort of pushing this thing beyond the limits of its design, and it starts to, to heat up and smoke. And then, with a loud pop, it's just gone, and you fall in a heap onto the, onto the floor of the pit. And 
boy, you're using all your resources. I'm I'm gonna keep throwing slams at you. Uh, we're gonna give you one more slam for just the the distance of falling from from the height of this thing's belly to to the dirt floor of the pit. Unless you wanna spend some more trouble to nope that consequence. So I'm falling off the body or whatever, and I I uh, hit the ground. It I, just disappears out from underneath you, and yeah, you fall to the ground. Right, and as I go down, and like maybe even the the piece of the leg that I have uh, in my arms comes down and like lands on me really hard, and everybody like <gasps> you see like uh, the hand pull out and drag out as uh, I push through the pain. Uh, once per run, you can ignore uh, slams such as exhausted, haggard, and poisoned, and sickened. And uh, <laughs> so I'm just like, it, it should have done a lot of damage and probably really did hurt, but I pull all the way through it to be able to stand at the end of it. And I put my uh, arms up and uh, take that, tax man. I'll see you at tax season. The same guy from the beginning who was like, what the hell is he talking about? Is like, ha ha ha, tax man. I love it when he does the tax man thing. <laughs> you won him over. <laughs> so just to clarify, you managed to tear a chunk off of this thing's leg. And that's that's what like almost crushed you there and, and, and created the moment of suspense. However, when you cast it off, you realize that like the rest of this this creature has has disappeared like evaporated from this pit complete like there is no trace of it other than that chunk that you that you pulled off kind of thing right so yeah that that is the only sign of it that's left but the crowd absolutely loses their minds you have clearly won the day um and everyone starts starts screaming and cheering and, and shouting things in in an alien language just try to audit that <laughs> i would like to teleport down to chester please to the middle of the pit yeah Okay, do you need to roll anything to do that? I would very much like to roll. Let's let's get a roll for that. Um, I am taking a dare mm -hmm. with my new special double dare. I get an extra d6, and I'm adding a d6 for my skip modes. I am rolling 4d6. Oh, and I'm adding a kick, because there's something I want to do if I get down there successfully. <laughs> uh, uh. Uh, I rolled a whole bunch of fives. Yeah, uh... How do I resolve a mixed success here? Um, you you do what you were trying to do. So uh, describe to me what that looks like, and we'll we'll find a consequence for you. Uh, yeah. Uh, Chester uh, uh has his arms up. Maybe he's looking up at the tax man, and and when he looks back down in front of him, Angus is standing there, <gasps> looking at him. Oh, oh no! I think I may have uh take a hit worse than I thought. I'm seeing Angus. And like I, I try to wave my hand through what I, I assume is a mirage or a figment of my imagination. Your hand just sort of like limply slides along Angus's face. <laughs> and w with my kick, I want to wind my fist back and deck him in the face. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> uh, yeah, you know what? We're gonna let that that success ride. You you pop him one. It, not enough to do a slam or anything. This is Chester we're talking about. But yeah, you, you deck him fully in the chin. I've got your complication, but how do you respond to this, Chester? I, I, I stagger back for a moment and people are like, ooh. <laughs> they, they're not used to having storylines in their gladiator fights. Um, no, not at all. <laughs> K-Fabe. Yeah, K-Fabe. Oh, hey, Angus. Uh, and, uh, I, 
I was going to leave the arm. I was actually going to drag the arm out as kind of like a, a weird trophy. Uh, but instead, I go back to my door and like uh, I, I'm running and unsure of like how to resolve it. Uh, uh, this was a complete surprise to him. So he's running and he like picks up, uh, you know, his thrown away fedora and like the the suit jacket and his super soakers awkwardly under his arms and he goes back through the the doors i don't think angus follows i think he's just like standing there glaring at chester and his hands are shaking and he just has them in fists at his sides as he watches him go yeah and i think you get a moment of of standing there in righteous fury before your complication kicks in and the authorities that run this are, they, they're on you in a set, like you get grabbed by two big burly guards and dragged out of here. And they're just like, they're, they're speaking again in, in Operablin, but, but uh, you get the vibe of just like, you can't do this. Like this does not, <laughs> you can't, this can't happen. <laughs> and I think you are, uh, you are, yeah, dragged out of the ring and, um, not back to the bleachers either. They're they're taking you into some sort of a back area. Uh, you have been apprehended. Let's even let's give you a slam about it. It'll be a temporary slam that you can have a chance to resolve here. But you have been apprehended. Okay. <laughs> you got to it before I could, Lena. <laughs> <laughs> let's check up with the rest of Weird Gravity. So uh, Elliot and Lake, you you left, right? Yeah. Yeah. For uh, Elliot went to have a smoke, and I think Lake on the way has found a Operablin. Uh, panic, and so they're both there, sort of like leaning against the bricks outside, uh, or whatever the who knows what the buildings are made out of, but they're outside, uh, kind of where we met Savitri, um, enjoying their respective vices. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm picturing even like out outside of the tower. There's a lot of like walkways and pedways around the tower, so I think you're like not far from the entrance, but like outside, looking at this this incredible vista, this cityscape of like. Uh, you know, neon signs and, and electronic billboards going up the side of the thing, flickering and changing. Uh, the, the crimson glow of the sunset in the background. Sky trains snaking past. Uh, and we find Lake and Elliot there. What an idiot. <laughs> what an absolute ding-dang fool. Like, look at... She's, like, struggling to open Dauber Ablum. They, you know what? They come in weird Capri Sun kit packages instead of a can, like, normal. And she's just like... <laughs> <laughs> Why would they bag it like this? Uh. <sighs> Screw him. Screw him! How dare he say he cares about us and then throw his own life away? Exactly. This is so reckless. This is... And not in the spirit of slug blasting. This is just willful destruction. Willful self-destruction. You know, I asked him to teach me to fight once. I asked him to pass on his skills. He punched me in the face that day. I mean, you, you literally asked for it. I know. <laughs> Did you learn anything? Like, what? Why? I don't know. I figured he was tough, and I wanted to be like him because I'm not tough. But if being tough means just running headlong at a crocodile spider bulldozer monster, then I don't know if I want to be tough, you know? I think... Real toughness, like, comes more in the form of bravery and, and sticking through adversity. Willfully hurting yourself is, like, not tough. It's just, like, fatalistic, brutalistic. Yeah. I don't know. 
don't know. Well, I think you're plenty tough, Elliot. Thanks, Lake. You're tough as hell. I appreciate that. I think we leave Elliot and Lake in that in that moment of insecurity, but in reassuring each other, having each other's backs. And uh, and we cut inside to uh, where Angus has ended up. You uh, you you find yourself in in I'm gonna say like a, a very for all of the like fantastical imagery so far of massive sci- skyscrapers and cool neon lights and stuff. It is the most boring office with just like the the palest bluest fluorescent light that flickers and buzzes and like an uncomfortable chair. You know, the office chairs where like the legs and the arms are like metal and then the the mm-hmm. body is like upholstered, but it's it's got like a weird metallic smell to it. Everything's just the unpleasant. wooden rests on top of the arms. Yeah, the wooden rest. Oh, Ugh. the least comfortable chair. Um, mm-hmm. You find yourself confined to this office and you hear uh, noise from outside the door and it begins to open. Thank you so much for this, officers. I, I, I'm sure it was just a misunderstanding. Angus, <laughs> uh, hey, how you, how, how you feeling? Not, Not great. Angus, okay. Oh, sorry. <laughs> yeah, Angus gives gives Nick a look like, "How do you think I'm feeling?" But he doesn't say anything. Oh, classic, uh, classic Angus. Here, um, I have a another a couple a couple lobe globes on me still. Um, here, here you go. Uh, I, I was just talking with them. I, we should be able to finalize getting you out of here if we. They just need to, to file some reports and take down statements and stuff. But uh, I, I think we should be able to s- s- sort things out here. <laughs> Yeah, as Nick is talking, Angus, like, takes the globe and slowly just affixes it to his temple, where, like, the shaved part of his head. <laughs> so I think what happens here is, is yeah, Nick, with the uh, Universal Translator lobe globes you, you procured in Thenispar all those runs ago, is able to sort of negotiate with these uh, with these guards, um, and they're willing to, to let you leave um, on the condition that, you know, obviously you're not hanging around you're not allowed to do that again obviously but they also want to affix you with uh an ankle bracelet uh that is is uh linked up to the the web corporation system and basically just like keeps track of where you're at and what you're doing and uh if you're up to anything you shouldn't be will allow them to track you down quicker and uh that that's their proposed deal here of you can leave if you're willing to wear this bracelet uh and we'll we'll take you from apprehended to monitored (laughs) (laughs) does angus agree to these terms he looks very annoyed and he looks over at nick and grits his teeth nick is sweating profusely (laughs) yeah fine it was worth it all right they uh, they clasp this uh, big chunky anklet around your ankle. It doesn't seem to like impede your movement or at all. It's it's literally just like a, a tracker, and I don't even think it's it's the kind of thing of like, you know, you're you're being constantly surveilled. It's a it's a precautionary measure, meaning like, should you get up to any further trouble, it may be worse trouble than you anticipated because of this. But for the time being, at least, you are free to go. Th- th- thank you so much. Uh, it was it was nice nice to meet you all. Uh, Angus, what was that? <laughs> you you he was just, you you just you 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 teleported and then and the punch and and, and he, there was the, the, he he ran away. He, he was he, he just take a fought, breath, fought, fought, Nick. Uh, uh, what was that for? What the hell do you mean? What was that for? You were there when Chester quit. 
right? Last I checked, I was the one with the shoes that let me fast forward through boring stuff. Well, yeah, but is he not allowed to make his own choices? I mean, just because he's not part of our team, he can... He's still a person with agency. Like, I, he, he was getting hurt just as much as he did when he was with Weird Gravity. Like He was with Weird Gravity. He can make his choices. People are going to react to that in their own ways. By the way, did you see where Lake and Elliot went? That's what I thought. Would you have punched me if when I ran away in the Golden Jungle? <laughs> or is the fact that I'm in the crew the only thing stopping that from happening? I'm not sorry I did it. I actually did see them. I, I'm, I'm, I'm still up hanging out with them up on a balcony at this at this moment as well. What? Uh, and can I pitch that <laughs> in having come to go get Angus out, I wanted to engage a new ability that I uh, just added on to my Rift Ninja sneakers. <laughs> Plane Haunt. Oh, <laughs> Split yourself into two ghostly yous, each only half there. Uh, and you can sort of go and do two things. So <laughs> as one went off to go get Angus, the other shortly joined up with the others on the balcony. Ah, <laughs> uh, incredible. Does this one in front of Angus just like flicker and fade in this moment, or are you maintaining it? Ooh, that's a... Oh, gosh. I don't know if there's, like, a prime one and a not one. Like, if one... Does one just disappear? Like, do they have to fuse back together? <laughs> <laughs> that's entirely up to you, baby. Ooh. No, okay, so yeah, they, they do have sort of, like, that almost sort of ghostly, like, semi-translucence to them. But uh, Angus can tell the one right now, uh, the right shoe is opaque, and the one that's up in on the balcony... Uh, the left shoe is opaque. <laughs> and once they oh, sort of walk back good. into each other, they'll sort of fuse back into the, the, the single Nick. <laughs> Love it. So as Angus learns that Nick is actually in two places at once, and that the other half of him is with Blake and Elliot, uh, he'll say, great, then let's go meet up with the crew. Okay. And the two of you head out of these back hallways and, and back out into the front area to go meet up with your friends. We catch up with Chester in uh, sort of a backstage dressing room, uh, kind of a communal showers and dressing area for the combatants uh, in this this tournament. Yeah, and let's let's learn a little bit more about this tournament. So Knacker's Row, uh, as it has been described, um, Knacker I learned meaning a person whose business is the disposal of dead or unwanted animals. Um, <laughs> just a fun little tidbit there. <laughs> But it's, it's in, in essence, an underground uh, fighting competition. Anyone or anything can enter to fight or enter their property to fight, um, with the one rule being that you have to be from another dimension because the mm. fights are, are not, you know, to a certain number of points or even to the knockout or the death. Fights are to the peelback. Um, so you have to be from another dimension so that the fight will, won't be lethal. You You fight until you have taken so many hits and so much strain that you are snapped back to your own dimension, uh, at which point you lose. Um, 
And uh, as Chester <laughs> mentioned, I think you're one of the few like people who does this. Like we've only seen one of your your opponents so far, but I think uh, they all follow a similar uh, uh, sort of trend of of massive, monstrous, maybe partially or all robotic. Uh, you you don't tend to get into this if you're if you're just a puny little humanoid. Um, and yet, here stands uh, Chester, babyface Nelson Capone. What's your so other than the restriction on having to be from another dimension there are no rules nothing is off limits uh and people bet on the outcomes of these fights from which the combatants get a cut uh so we catch up with you chester here in this dressing room i didn't pre-paint anything so uh let's let's go around the table and everyone uh describe one other thing or creature that is in this dressing room currently getting ready either getting ready to fight or having just finished a uh, combat. There is another humanoid, but it's uh-huh. like a nine foot tall. It just looks like, like a real buff, like Arnold Schwarzenegger bodybuild, except the skin is light blue and it has a dolphin head. <laughs> <laughs> it's a Thanispartians that have four arms, right? Yeah. Then, yeah, I think there's a Thanispartian in like full ninja wraps um that chester out of the corner of his eye is like pretty sure is floating and like might be magical might be a magic ninja but uh starts unwrapping uh and comes to the ground before anyone can confirm or deny (laughs) love it uh there's there's a deer and it Mm -hmm. just looks like a normal deer until it like yawns and it just has rows and rows of razor sharp teeth Oh my god, I love it. (laughs) And of course that deer has to have like a handler of some sort to be able to like brush all the teeth and it's another deer. (laughs) (laughs) And Chester, as you're sort of uh toweling off and and sort of uh tending to your your wounds from the pit, you feel your M phone vibrate. Just your normal crappy old flip flip phone that you that you still have because you didn't get a cool upgraded slide out one. Um, and you're getting a video call from Juniper. And uh, I, I flip it open and uh, oh, oh, right before I, I, I flip it open, I like quickly try to pat, you know, some of the, the blood. I, I feel like my face is a little puffy uh, and uh, open up the phone and um, hi, Juniper. Hey, uh, so, oh, how to go? I mean, you're you're. You look like you're still in uh, Operablum, so that's that's a good sign, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, you did say they're to the peel back, right? That you fight to the, the there's no there's no dying. You've you, I know you said it, but I I really would like it if you said it again. There's no dying in this, right? I uh, I I'm pretty sure there isn't any dying. I I mean, okay. I, I so far from what I've seen, of course they kind of disappear. Check the rules. Yeah. Just, just check the fine print and make sure that the dying is not in the rules. That there's yeah. nothing in the rule book that says you can die. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. The rules say uh, there. There's a lot of rules, and you got to be gentle with each other, and you got to stop when the other per- person says stop. That's a part of the rules. So don't worry. <laughs> that is absolutely not part of the rules. But either Chester has oh, misunderstood. Yeah, oh, wait, no. He he is lying to. Uh, okay, <laughs> so he didn't lie about doing this, but he's lying about the context of what happens at it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, no. He's just like softening it a little, a little. <laughs> okay, no, I I know we've had this conversation. You said it's it's to the peel back, and 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 I understand. I mean, I, I don't want you to peel back mm-hmm. either, but I I, I know you no. can. 
I I know you can handle yourself. Sorry, it just it's it's a lot, you know. One day you're you're part of a slug blasting crew, and and the next it's it's all different, and and it's still dangerous and scary. And I just I don't know if I fully understand why. What like what why this? Why on your own? What why not with your friends? Well, you know. I didn't want to make choices that might hurt him, and I was concerned that uh, I was I was going to do that soon. I I didn't want to disappoint them, and I didn't want them to get hurt. Especially, I, I especially don't want them to get hurt. They're really smart, and they can take care of themselves. And the thing is, I was doing the slug blasting. You know, I was I was making a lot of good money. Uh, from it, you know, and I was really helping out at home, but and I still needed money. So, you know, I I gotta still help out my family, you know? And that way weird gravity's safe and safer and, and, and I'm safe. I I can handle this and but I they found out. They found they're, they, they uh, wait are they're, they they're, are they there right now? Are are you with them? Say hi for me. Hi, hi, Nick. Hi, everybody. I, no, no, they're not here. Uh, I guess that they're here. I'm I'm assuming that they're on a, some sort of run, and I, that's right. They, Nick said that they were doing their first run for for Miper. That's some sort of a trial thing. I forgot all about that. That was today. I should I should check in and see how that's going too. I guess. Yeah. Boy, a lot of my friends are doing a lot of dangerous stuff. Anyway, Chester, I. I understand, I I think, and and I know we've we've talked about it a lot, and and you know that whatever you want to do, I I I support you, and and I I trust you. I know that you can take care of yourself, but but that doesn't mean I'm not going to worry. And I guess I just worry less when you're when you're with your friends, but but I understand why you need to do this, and and I'm sorry if it seems like I'm I'm questioning. I I, I get it. I think. Yeah, I I don't think they understand though. Um I did, they're really upset at me and that's what hurts. As like, you know, there there's like still the blood coming down the side or uh you know from his wound or whatever. And it's got uh, like a broken uh, rib. <laughs> it's like yeah. my feelings <laughs> are the real real injury here. And, and like as as the you know the call is probably coming somewhat to a, a close, and like you know he like looks up into the locker where he has like a, a some of the gifts that he was getting them. He's trying to collect discs and gems and try to find that kind of stuff for the crew to so he can still like support them. And he kind of like sits down on the on the bench and like you know hangs up with Juniper and just kind of sits there. I think this is almost where we leave, Chester. You're sitting on the bench here in a forlorn moment. Uh, and from off in the distance, you hear a voice say, <laughs> I never thought I'd see you here. Hey, 
Hey friends, it's Robin here, thanking you as always for listening and begging you as always to leave us nice reviews anywhere that'll let you. Uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Sharpie down to a bathroom stall divider, every little bit helps. Uh, seriously though, your support means the world to us and the show absolutely would not be what it is without all of you, so thank you so much. Uh, we are at Quantum Kickflip on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, and YouTube, so be sure to follow us for new episode updates, uh, memes, audiograms, and lots more. Uh, you can also subscribe to us on Patreon, where for just five bucks a month, you can get early access to every new episode of Quantum Kickflip, as well as bi-weekly bonus content like interviews, outtakes, and Chester's Groove Station. I'd also like to thank our sponsors at the Alberta Media Arts Alliance Society, whose goal is to advocate, educate, and celebrate the media arts in Alberta. Check them out at amaas.ca. And finally, we are proud members of the Alberta Podcast Network, who have a ton of amazing, wonderful, locally made shows over at albertapodcastnetwork.com. We release Quantum Kickflip bi-weekly, and this adventure is going to be a three-parter, uh, so you can catch the next chapter on Wednesday, March 16th, and we are going to get you right back into the action here, but first, I'm going to throw it over to Jericho Zebulak for a quick word from our sponsors. Hey everybody, it's me, Jericho Zebulak, the guy that ran the uh, the fighting league in Knacker's Row uh, earlier in the episode. I don't need to explain to you who I am. I'm Jericho Zebulak. I'm clearly the new fan favorite character, everyone's new fave, runaway smash hit Jericho Zebulak, sure to be in a lot of episodes going forward. And I'm just here to give you a couple of quick words from our sponsors. First up, this episode was brought to you by the Edmonton Community Foundation. The foundation acts as a bridge between donors and charities to create a strong, vibrant community for generations to come. You can start an endowment fund yourself or with a group, and once it reaches $10,000, it can start distributing funds. Vital Signs is an annual checkup conducted by Edmonton Community Foundation in partnership with Edmonton Social Planning Council to measure how the community is doing, and this year's focus is on making ends meet in Edmonton. Learn more at ecfoundation.org. That's ecfoundation.org. Now, they're doing noble, vibrant work here in the community, and I gotta commend them. But honestly, if you're like me, Jericho Zebulak, you know that uh, you don't uh, rack up a fortune by giving your money away. You hang on to it all for yourself. That's how Jericho Zebulak plays it. But, uh, you know, all the same. They're doing good work, and uh, if, if you got some money, you should maybe help them out. Not me, though. Not Jericho Zebulak. Anyway, up next, we got a quick word from the Edmonton Public School Board. Get ready to take the guesswork out of choosing a school. Go to an Edmonton Public Schools virtual open house. Ask your questions to learn about their schools and programs and find the one that feels right. All from the comfort of home. Find virtual event dates and learn how to make the most out of your online visit at openhouse.epsb.ca. Know before you go and feel confident and excited when you get there. All right, and that'll just about do it for the sponsored messages. Uh, so this is goodbye for now, but don't worry. As I said earlier, I'm clearly going to be in... I, I would be surprised if I'm not in every single episode going forward. I'm clearly everyone's new favorite, so you're going to be seeing a lot more of me, Jericho Zebulak. Now let's get you back to the action. out on the balcony uh nick and angus uh or or angus and half of nick you regroup with your uh compatriots there uh nick do you do you unplane haunt here do you regroup your copies or do you keep separate 
Uh, I think initially they're just both sort of standing there, but some somewhere in the background of this next conversation, they'll they'll fuse back up. <laughs> they'll they'll merge. Yeah, I love that detail of of one shoe on each being solid because you only That's got the one so pair of skip good. modes. So uh, good. Ninjas, yes. <laughs> or sorry, riff ninjas. Yeah. My bad. My Come bad. Come on, get the branding right. Come on. Anyway, uh, Elliot, you you finish up your cigarette. You take the last drag and, and step it out on the concrete barrier and sort of flick it off into the the endless uh, yawning abyss below you uh mm-hmm. as uh you turn around and you see angus and a second nick come walking up which i have to assume you're used to at this point maybe not i don't know i think this is the first <laughs> time i've done it okay <laughs> how'd it go uh you see a big blinking anklet on angus's leg <laughs> Well, he's no longer locked up. That seems like a good outcome. Yeah, uh, I got a cool souvenir. So, that's neat. Get to figure out how to take it apart later. Have a feeling if I try now, I will just peel all the way back. So, probably best to leave it. What if I just made it bigger and you stepped right out of it? (laughs) Uh, nah, I'll leave it. Who cares? Yeah, maybe I shouldn't blast you directly in the foot. You're you're right. Good, good option to keep on the table for later. Yeah. <laughs> well, gang, should we report to our corporate overlords? <laughs> yeah, though, I mean, pretty sweet corporate overlord bidding to do. I mean, we get to go on a run. This is going to be cool as hell. We'll see. I still don't trust them. Where are we going? Like, you know, skate park or something? What was the... Uh, the Kindred Multiversal Mega Tower, 640th floor, and the Knicks merge back together down the hall on the right. <laughs> Yeah, you guys see another set of those uh, hyperlifts off in the distance and and a pedway that would connect you up to the the one tower you have yet to enter. Angus is walking. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like like uh, kicks off on her hoverboard and is casually pushing, though. Uh, we're too. Is it like flying cars or just lots of lots of sky trains that like weave around and snake through the buildings? Lots of pedways. And then I think maybe some like little personal, you know, hoverboards and hover scooters and stuff. Not a lot of like aerial vehicles going on. Everything is very connected to the towers. Yeah, I just like was weighing her sketching options, and uh, it appears <laughs> uh, uh, just just walking or or casually hoverboarding is the solution here. Uh, yeah, you guys uh, walk and or glide your way across a pedway over to the the third tower. Um, I think maybe there's like, you know, a staircase and a ramp. You guys have to go up a level and around and, and it's it's not just a straight shot. Um, uh, but Robin, Robin, yeah. sorry. I know, I know I just fused the Knicks back together. Can I try and sneakily split them apart again? <laughs> <laughs> you Sure, do it up. Um, do you have to roll for this ability at all or is this another one that you just sort of get to? It's one that I just kind of get to. A lot of it, I think, comes in with like... Uh, they're not as powerful. Uh, all the resources are still shared between the two, and like, right, right, right. Sometimes it'll take more kick to make things happen because they're kind of half versions. I think we do need a role for this one in terms yeah. of like not to do it, but to do it sneakily to to have no one in your crew notice. So I'm going to roll for this. I'm going to take a dare on this, so I'll mark one trouble, and because of double dare, I will get an extra six. So I will be rolling three d six on this one. And heck, I'll, I'll put a I'll put a kick on it as well. Uh, a six there we go yeah you uh you describe to me how you pull off the stealth maneuver i want to hear exactly how nick approaches this 
Nick sort of hangs a little behind, and then he he hops on his board and sort of shoots forward almost to try and race ahead of the group. Mm-hmm. Uh, but as half of the, him goes forward to catch their eyes going forward, the other half stays in place and then sort of like sinks into the shadows. Oh, beautiful, yeah. Uh, so lefty is still with the crew, and righty is wants to try and find Chester. <laughs> Uh, okay, we'll catch up with Righty in a bit, but let's uh, let's carry on with Lefty for the moment. So you guys ultimately find your way to another hyperlift um, and, and catch it up there. You try try your best to hold on to your lunch once again, and as the door opens, uh, you find yourselves in a darkened corridor. You can hear the muffled sound of extremely bassy music reverberating through the walls. There is a long lineup of people along the wall to your right, ranging from familiar-looking humanoids to robots to totally alien creatures, all waiting patiently. You all feel your new M-phones vibrate simultaneously, uh, and you check them to find a message from a blocked source. It reads, Was hoping I could be there for your first big run, but you wouldn't want me cramping your style anyway. So here's the deal. Miper will get you through the door. Once you're inside, what you do is up to you. Just make sure you're streaming with those new phones and maybe throw us a hashtag or two. Don't overdo it. People can smell that sort of sponsored post a mile away. It doesn't do us any good. Oh, and don't bother with a line. You're too famous for that sort of thing now. Have fun. And then a dash and a T. As you round the corner of the hallway to the right, the sound of the bass gets louder, and you can see an entryway with a tall, ruby-skinned Thenis Spartan dressed in black standing guard at the head of the line. Upon spotting you, they wave you through. As you head inside, you finally realize exactly where you are. Matt Static is a Slug Blaster legend, the absolute coolest, most exclusive club in the entire multiverse. Totally illegal and impossible to find, let alone get inside without a personal invite. There are rock stars and presidents who still wouldn't have a hope of getting on the list, but here you are. There's a huge dance floor with a smoke machine blasting, lasers refracting off of mirrored tiles, and strobe lights pulsing constantly. On one end of the room is a long, crowded bar, and at the other end, the floor slopes down into a pool. The club takes up several stories of the tower, with balconies at varying heights and catwalks crisscrossing overhead. As you watch, someone jumps from a balcony several stories up and plunges into the pool with a massive splash. Your eyes travel up one of the massive walls, and you realize you're looking at the inside of one of those huge video screens you saw on the outside of the tower. The throbbing bass is now almost deafening, and the sickly sweet smell of artificial smoke hangs in the air mixed with sweat, perfume, and spilled panic energy drink. Hmm. Welcome to Matt Static. Like, like, turns around and just, like, does the, like, oh my, like, mouths the words, <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> <sighs> yeah, welcome to the coolest club in the multiverse. Um, as stated in the intro, this is an invite-only operation that you would never have had a hope of getting into and uh and that is the nature of the run here my has gotten your foot in the door here i think angus is gonna pull out his phone right away start streaming and he's just pointing the video at his face uh and he's key captions it weird gravity at matt static <laughs> and he's just pointing it at his face and just being giving the camera kind of a smug look as the baseline is just pounding in the background. He's not even trying to say anything because he he knows that they wouldn't hear him anyway, but he just does a quick, like, five-second stream captioned Weird Gravity at Matt Static. (laughs) Maybe a little pan around. Very good. Elliot, I know you're already a rock star, but it's pretty wild to, like, literally be paid to live like a rock star. This is cool as hell. (sighs) Yeah, I guess it is. Elliot... It doesn't really say much besides that and like makes a beeline for the dance floor. 
<laughs> Love it. I'm not quite sure what Nick would be drawn to here. Um, Let me give you guys some options then. Um, yeah, as mentioned, there's a dance floor, there's a pool, there's a bar, there's all kinds of... And honestly, like, if there's something else you want to be here, let me know and we can probably make it happen. It is it is the club of your dreams. Giant Penny like the Batcave. Okay. <laughs> Done. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Don't, no, they're, they use digital currency in this place. It's <laughs> Giant digital penny. <laughs> Giant NFT. <laughs> Oh, no. <laughs> no. Yeah, there you go. We got there. <laughs> it's just a big wall that changes pictures of apes every, like, minute. <laughs> I hate the world we live in. Um, anyway, uh, yes. In addition to uh, the things that we have talked about, some other things that might uh, t- grab your attention. We talked about there's there's uh, catwalks up above and like balconies. This this club goes not just you know out but up. There's a lot of uh, overhead space, uh, and you can see some people on hoverboards up on those balconies, kind of jumping back and forth from catwalks and messing around up there. And you think you recognize a couple members of the Wicks, uh, who are another crew um, that have got some notoriety. Yeah, there is uh, currently a DJ performing on the dance floor. Um, I'll give you a couple of options here. Nick, you see uh, a door open on that wall that has the giant, like, it's the the inside of the huge video billboard. Um, And at the base of that wall, someone sort of opens a door, security personnel or whatever. And inside you see just, like, this massive multi-screen computer array, like, like the the hacker rigs that you would see in like swordfish and bad early 2000s hacker <laughs> movies with like seven screens uh there's like a, a real sweet computer system uh in a in a private security room there and he, the the uh, personnel looks around and closes the door behind him um up at the bar you can see people you know leaning and shutting for their drinks and there's one who's just like a full-on robot um like the the lost in space robot style or like <laughs> robbie the robot um yeah. yeah, just like make that a double for me. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> Wait, was uh, Robbie the robot that that thing that you got from Radio Shack that would like eat the pennies? That was what I was thinking of. I don't know if I called sweet. It okay, the right this thing, one just yeah. this this one eats NFTs. Um, yes, that's what we, got. <laughs> <laughs> we got there. <laughs> yeah, I think I, that those are some items of interest. But let me know if anyone has anything yeah. else they want to check out. I I think Nick's gonna try and play it a little more low-key with the crew at the moment um just because half of them snuck away that's true uh, yeah but he's <laughs> he's gonna pitch uh, lake angus you guys want to try and do any tricks and stuff up off the catwalks I-, I can try and get some streams going and find a cool angle walking on the walls or something yeah i think i'd, I'd definitely join you up there up uh, if not for tricks then to meet the wicks <laughs> <laughs> and elliot yeah. is headed to the dance floor what about angus uh i think angus would also go up to the catwalks nice so, so three of you head on up to the catwalks to uh, to go meet some fellow slug blasters. Uh, I want to follow Elliot over to the dance floor. So yeah, you are uh, getting your groove on. Um, was there anything else? You, you're just essentially going to dance, or was there something else you wanted to do here? I don't want to step on your offer. Um, well, I, th- I think it's very, um, like, Elliot normally doesn't dance. Mm. This is, she's she's more of a, a groover Uh <laughs> Who nods her head at the beat? Yeah, uh, but she, maybe a sway if you're really feeling it. Yeah, yeah but she is full on moshing right now. <laughs> I love it. I, I get a very like rave club vibe from this place. Yeah, uh, and I think 
that is the case, but Elliot doesn't care and is moshing anyway, and people are into it. Everyone loves it. Yeah. So I think you get a good full song of, of mosh in, and the, uh, the DJ finishes up the track, and you hear that sort of, like, empty, echoey silence at the end of a song uh, as it sort of hangs in the air there when they don't immediately fade into another. And then the next sound you hear is this. Watch uh, who else but Ramona Nova has taken the stage uh, to perform an exclusive set here at Matt Static. <laughs> you were having such a good time on the dance floor, I almost felt bad doing it, but here we are. <laughs> oh, she wasn't having a good time. She was mosh dancing out her rage. Oh, was, I see. She yes. was having a time. Yeah. <laughs> Allow me to add some more rage then. <laughs> uh, yeah, what's Elliot's re- response to this? I think she just full on stops and stares and sighs. <laughs> I think at one point you do catch her eye. Um, she's doing her, her standard as established in previous episodes. She's, you know, singing and also playing the cybernetic tattoo that goes down her arm to manipulate her own uh, vocoder and, and uh, harmonize with herself digitally there. And uh yeah, I think there's a moment where she sort of glances and just happens to lock eyes with you, uh, and you see just a little smirk uh, as she reads the anger on your face. Uh, <laughs> but she doesn't let it throw her off. She's a professional and carries on with the rest of the song. Let's leave Elliot steaming in that moment and uh, and head up to the balcony. Uh, half of Nick, Lake, and Angus. Um, you find your way up some staircases and whatnot and, and navigate your way to where you saw these other slug blasters up ahead. And yeah, you find yourselves up on up on a higher level balcony and walking up to some members of the Wicks. They've got kind of like a goth, but also a very preppy. Like it, it's that feels like a weird combination, but they are like really, really immaculately stylish, but also very... Um, Lots of dark blacks and purples and uh, and very, like, uh, somber energy coming from them. Uh, it's, mm-hmm. it's three three girls uh, look to be similar ages to you uh, and almost look like sisters or triplets if you aren't looking closely. But you, you as you talk to them, you sort of get a sense of who's who here. Um, and one of them comes walking up to you. Well, 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 if it isn't weird gravity, nice to meet you. Big fans. Uh, likewise, and uh, like compared to them, now looks like rainbow bright. Like really, oh, absolutely, yeah. <laughs> couldn't couldn't be more Care Bear aesthetic. <laughs> yeah. What uh, what brings you guys to Matt Static? Who brings you to Matt Static? Oh, just our corporate overlords. Uh, what what Angus means to say is uh, Miper managed to get us on uh, for a uh, let's call it a trial run. <laughs> yeah. Wait, you guys, you got signed with Miper? And Angus does like a little hand wavy motion. That's a huge deal. I, 
that honestly, I mean, if we weren't impressed already, that's that's massive. Lake tries to tries to play cool. She's like, well, well, you know, we're in t- we're in talks. We're in our people are looking at it at the deal. She like rolls her eyes up up a bit. I'm like, mm. what are what are they looking into exactly? That my pers- we're the- weighing our options. It's called business, honey. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. Just listen. I I know I have a thing where my voice just sounds perpetually aggressive and kind of sarcastic, but I'm genuinely really happy for you guys. Miper is the dream sponsor. You should lock that down. Uh, and one of the other ones in the background is like, yeah, you should totally lock it down. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, Wendy, I told them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so what's what's next for you guys? You just hanging out dancing or you want to play some slug? Yeah, in these catwalks, that that'd be sick. We we'd love to do that. Can we can we stream it? Oh, absolutely. You, we're not gonna pass up an opportunity to stream with the the new Miper It crew. Yes, that's that's part of it for sure. Yeah, that's part of it. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I don't know why I chose to be three people in this moment, but I'm owning it. The yeah. third one hasn't yes. said anything and won't. She's the most goth out of all of them. Like, full eyelids are just, like, pitch black, black lipstick, pale face, just, like, staring daggers at us. So, yeah, you guys fire up your streams. Now, I don't know if this has happened in our campaign before, but uh, the the rules of Slug Blaster... Um, occasionally allude to playing a game of slug as a thing without ever explaining what it means. Um, and I love it. So in, in my boundless creativity, I have uh, decided that it's basically horse from basketball, but it's it's slug blasting. Yes! Um, yes! And it's a shorter word. So I think how it works here is like someone from one crew has to do a cool stunt and then someone from the other crew has to nail that same stunt or else you get a letter. And if you get all four letters, you're out. Let's roll for this to see who gets to go first. Uh, actually, no, I got a coin right um, here. Let's call, let's call it in no, the air. No, hang on. Uh, no, hang on. Excuse yeah. you. Come now. Oh, oh. Snake. <laughs> if there's any question, sorry, read read the rule. I want, I want the in writing here. If there is any question about who goes first, it's you. If there is any <laughs> question. Yeah, rules as written, baby. I'm powerless. So uh, <laughs> I think in the in the fiction of the universe, uh, there's a there's a coin flipped, but you you call it right or you knock it out of the air and say, nah, I'm going. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So I think that means not only does weird gravity go first in this game of slug, uh, but specifically Angus, you you make the first play here. Um, so you tell me what you want to do, and then we'll get a roll to see if you pull it off. I think it's going to be pretty simple to start, because, you know, you got to build up some tension, right? You start with the tricks that people, you know, can do, and then slowly ramp up the complexity. So I think what he's going to do just to start is jump up and grind along one rail of the catwalk, Mm -hmm. and jump, kickflip, land on the rail of an adjacent catwalk love it yeah and he's gonna do like a little a little 360 turn too ah beautiful yes um yeah feel free to add anything that you would normally add to this roll you can you can add kick you can add uh uh boost i i want to add one more factor to this which is um unlike horse where each one is a letter you can bet 
how many letters of slug you want to do this trick for. Um, so if you want to make it for for two, by using your kick, you can throw two letters on the line. Okay. So yeah, let's uh, let's get a roll. I think I'm going to start... Start slow, so I'm just going to add the 1d6 from my guts, and I'm just going to roll 2d6 straight up. Six! You nail this. You flawlessly leap out from the balcony, grind along one of the one of the rails of the catwalk, sparks go flying, flip off, kickflip, board turns in midair, land it on the rail of an adjacent catwalk, and just for a little extra flourish. I think you have to call your shot in advance, and that was all you called, but I think you make one final jump and end up on a on an adjacent balcony on the other side, uh, just to sort of like really rub it in. Uh, you, you got an extra jump in at the end there. Uh, a- Angus stalls with the nose end of his uh, hoverboard up on the rail of the balcony, mm-hmm. and he turns and he blows a kiss to Nick, because Nick is holding the camera. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then he like lands and is like... Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, beautiful. And what the heck? I I never... Like, Slug Blaster doesn't involve a lot of me rolling dice, but... <gasps> I feel like that's what the only way to way make to, this fair, yeah. so let's yeah. let's do it. Um, Wanda Wick, the one that you talked to, is going to go up first. Um, she sort of cracks her neck and uh, takes her stance on her board, kicks off, um, and let's see if she's able to pull it off. Failure. I rolled a two. She, uh, she makes the jump to the first rail, grinds along. It's looking good. She gets a little bit confident. And on the next one, she mistimes the jump a little bit. And rather than she kind of catches the rail on the second catwalk, but then her board slides the wrong way and she sort of just tumbles and rolls on the catwalk itself and has to pick herself up and dust herself off. Oh, can can Angus offer a hand to her? Oh, yes, she hates it, but she she tries not yeah. to show it. And uh... he pulls her up and says, that's us. <laughs> there we go. That is us indeed. Chester, we left you at a bit of a cliffhanger. Someone had just called out to you. You you are roused from your, your moment of sadness slumped on the bench here. And you turn around to see all four members of Jet Collective standing in the doorway to the dressing room. Butcher comes in, uh, the one that called out to you, and, and holds out a hand um, and does the thing where if you take his hand for the handshake, he kind of pulls you into a side hug. Oh, uh, hey guys. Um, uh, what, what are you doing here? Did you see the fight? Yeah. Oh, man. You crushed it. I, I, listen, I'm not going to lie. I did have money on the Sabarancha dial, but you did so good. <laughs> I'm not even mad that I lost money because what a show. I'll know better for next time. Know where to put my money. You're the safe bet going forward. Oh, baby. That was incredible. Oh, well, thank you. And Savitri's like, yeah, we, uh, we, you know, come down and catch the fights sometimes. Uh, Farnham and Onyx are from here, so we sometimes like to meet up on their turf. Um, and you see the other two members who are uh, Upper Ravelin and always locked in some uh, form of embrace. Uh, big big on the PDAs. <laughs> uh, kind of look over you and give you an approving nod. Uh, and Butcher's like, and hey, speaking of congratulations, um, heard the news about you and the crew. Um, honestly, man, I, I know it's probably rough in the moment, but we just wanted to come and say, you know, we 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 understand and and honestly, good call. I think I think you got out at the right time. 
Oh, uh, why do you say that? I mean, I don't know. We don't had, we don't need to go through all the stuff with the magazine and the the hasware and the lying and the stealing and the just authenticity is is currency in this thing we do and and they don't have it they you, once once you've lost trust it you can't get it back i just i don't know i they've, they've been bad news for a while now and i i think you made the right call and and look at you now look at how good you're doing here this is incredible um savitri's like yeah it was honestly quite that that was impressive i i couldn't believe when you flipped it oh man i chills oh uh, well thank you um but but you know i i i didn't leave because uh you know i thought that they were bad news i i think they're really good uh at slug blasting and and um i i left because Look, they're very authentic. They're they're doing what they have to do, and I, I'm sorry that they 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 wronged you. That that's too bad, and and you know, it shouldn't have happened. But you know, a thing I've kind of learned is we're just trying to make it in this dog eat dog world. And authenticity. Who cares if you're authentic if 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 you're if you're beat. Farnham speaks up, who I don't think you've had much interaction with up to this point. He's kind of the de facto leader of the crew. And he says, you're sorry they wronged us, but that's the first apology we've heard from anyone. And that's not, you're not the one who owed it. Uh, he's, well. He just looks very intense. And Butcher's like, hey, hey, listen, it's all it's all in the past. We're not, we're not here to stir up stuff. Listen, you, you clearly got your issues with him too. Otherwise, I mean, you can't, can't think they're that great. Otherwise, why would you have left him? Right. Um, but it's, it's fine. It's fine. We're all cool. We just wanted <laughs> to let you know that, you know, we, we support what you're doing here. Love the fight and, uh, and just congratulations all around. But listen, we got to get going anyway. We, we, uh, we got somewhere to be. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. I mean, they're good slug blaster. Yeah. I wish you wouldn't talk ill of them. You know, they're my friends. And Savitri's like, yeah, I'm sorry. I just, it's it's fine. You're 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 better off. You really are. Um, and Butcher's like, yeah. Anyway, we're we're out of here. We gotta go. Apparently, Miper's got some new uh, new big announcement. Something something going on at Matt Static. They're they're making a big fuss about something. Uh, big noise. And and you know wherever Miper's got got a big show to put on, we gotta be there to mess it up. So uh, <laughs> let's just say they're not gonna know what hit him. Anyway. We're out of here. Yeah. See you, Chester. Yeah, you got to do what you got to do. And I think they uh, they are fully out the door before Chester's receptive ability kicks in that they mentioned something about messing up a, a Miper event and that Juniper mentioned something about your friends going on a Miper run. And it it takes like a full few minutes before it the pieces sort of slot themselves into place in Chester's mind. But because of that specific ability of noticing the little things, eventually it does. Chester, it clicks for him that this is probably what what Jet Collective is uh, is referring to. Okay, but the, the but they are Miper, and they're going to ruin the Miper thing. And what they're go? Wait, it wouldn't be the same Miper. There's not like two Mipers, right? There's just one Miper. I quickly <laughs> check in with the dolphin person, and it's just like, uh, there's just one Miper, yeah. <laughs> 
Okay, that's what I thought. <laughs> and I, I quickly, <laughs> uh, I get my fedora, I get my uh, jacket, and I like I grab my backpack, uh, and I, I'm going to try my best to follow them. I know I'm a little ways behind them, but I'm going to try to do my best to catch up to Jack Collective. Yeah, oh, I love this. Like, tr- uh, tail them. I'm going to try my best to tail them. Uh, oh, yeah. using my fedora and like uh, as I'm going through the crowd, like keeping it down, <laughs> so it can... pulled down over your eyes for it to remain incognito. Absolutely, yeah. I love it. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna we're gonna see how that plays out for you momentarily, uh, and we still have another copy of of Nick to catch up with somewhere here, who's on his way back to try and find you. Uh, but in the meantime, let's cut back to the club. You want to go next? Oh, uh, I guess if you're holding the phone, I'll go and then I'll record you coming at us on the other side. Okay, sure. I'll, I'll keep I'll keep it running. Sweet. I think Nick Nick drops a little comment in on the stream. It's just like, uh, how does this look at my birth? <laughs> <laughs> um, is like okay to set the sort of set the the trick that needs to be beat by Wix, or is Wix going first? I, I think it's uh, it like kind of like horse where you keep setting the trick until you mess one up and then Wix gets to set the next one. So like the penalty for for beefing your own, you don't get a letter, but you lose lose initiative kind of thing. Um, so, yeah, go ahead and set the trick. Yes, yeah, so I think Lake's uh, Lake's going to try to include her signature device as well in this if, if she can, uh, which means I'm going to I'm going to try to wall ride. But I also want to fire at the space I'm going to wall ride on first. So I'll, I assume at a kick. Yeah, sure. I, I think that makes sense. Cool. So I'm going to add a, add a kick and then also a, a, an extra die, a boost die. Uh, so Lake uh, fires up the reality cannon, fiddles with a few of the knobs, and uh, wants to blast it at one of the sort of... I assume there's like a screen, you know, advertising something somewhere in trick distance. Yeah, sure. There's, a, there's one of those, not like as massive as the ones on the outside of the building that, yeah. that you know take up several stories but there's like there's a another video screen in here i think that's that's a common thing in opera Ablum, so uh yeah you're able to find one of those pretty easily sick uh so she's going to uh blast the parameter dial at it and it's not going to have any immediate effect until she wall rides on it and then also if i fail this wall ride attempt um if i succeed i'll tell you what i was planning to do and if i fail you've got lots to work with <laughs> four I think this is the point where you got to tell me what you were trying yeah. to do because so it she, may feed into. She, she blasts the, the the screen with a parameter dial. Um, she was just trying to make it extra staticky, uh, and it was specifically on her right because as she wall rides, she like takes her glitched hand and like slides it along the wall. Like a good chunk of the the her glitched body is up against the wall, and with the sort of like techno static she put on it. All the little points of light in this, you know, super high definition projection screen, whatever it is, mm-hmm. start kind of spinning like Wheel of Fortune tiles. And she leaves the <laughs> whole, th- she like leaves a permanent static like smear across this screen where she like ran her hand in her body. Uh, this feels oh, like when, when a surfer uses their hand and like touches the wave as they go. Exactly the what I'm thinking. Oh. She's like trying to make a make a literal wave as she wall rides across the screen. Yeah, oh, I love that. Um, I said Wanda went first. Sure, I did. Wendy's up next. (laughs) 
So I had decided that uh, that they they just when they're trying to roll uh, accomplish your trick, they roll with one die. But I think um, the nature of the mixed success here, you you accomplish your trick, you do what you set out to do, but it's it's going to give them an extra die to try and uh, follow you with here. So I'm rolling with two. Uh, Wendy Mouser Borden is like, I can do that in my sleep. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but let's find out if she's just talking a big game. Double fives, baby. <laughs> yeah, she uh, mounts her board, starts running towards the wall, and at the last second before ramping up, reaches behind her back and pulls her own reality cannon and blasts it in the same place. And a, just a wave of darkness, like sort of a purpley black energy, ripples out in, in a big circle and... Uh, she wall rides along behind you there and uh, and clears the rail and, and makes it to the other side. Un- undoes my static rainbow. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Damn. I told you I could do it. <laughs> that, uh, I think, the third member of Weird Gravity is up. Uh, so yeah, Nick had still been filming like his, she got across, and then uh, I guess he would have filmed, uh, it was Wendy who just went off over after as well. Yeah. I think he's getting shots of everyone. Um, mm-hmm. and he goes like, nice job, Blake. Oh, uh, well, uh, uh, which wick were you? The, the final remaining one? Yeah. She, she doesn't say anything. <laughs> she just glares at you. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, and then he, I guess he flips away the phone and tucks in his pocket. And oh, there, there were some other slug blasters in and around and stuff. Yeah. I think like no one that you recognize, but just like various teens on hoverboards. See, I think uh, one of the other teens up here just says, hey, wait, you're the kid from the meme. Can can you do the meme? (laughs) Uh, And Nick just goes, (laughs) uh, oh, you mean like this? Uh, And then without really thinking about it, he just sort of jumps off the edge of the catwalk that he's on and pulls the pencil from behind his ear. And turns it into the Negatana Mark II and gets ready to teleport around. He's going to try and bounce around a few times. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I love it. Uh, let's let's get a roll. Now, I am half of Nick currently. Mm-hmm. Yeah, let's say it's going to take, um, I would say just to like hoverboard and jump and do like a general trick. Probably fine if you're looking to like use your, use your devices and, and teleport and whatnot. I think we are going to need a kick for that. Sure thing. Uh, and if if you want to add extra kick, you can wager more letters of slug. Watch. Uh, I think I will just... Uh, I'll have my standard die. I'll add an, another one from the boost pool on my sword, as well as one kick there. So 2d6 and a kick to do a couple of slip rattle teleports from catwalk to catwalk. Yeah. A five. Mixed success. All right, yeah. Describe to me this maneuver. Uh, so Nick had sort of like leapt off the edge uh, with sword at hip, and before you can really tell what's happening, he's over on the other side of another catwalk. He takes a few more strides running along the rail, and he jumps up. It, it looks like way too far for you to normally be able to sort of just jump back and forth, but he's managing to make these skips a few times over and over, and then kind of lands uh, in over by the rest of the crew. Yeah, oh, I love that. The one remaining wick, Whitney Wick. Doesn't say anything, but sort of narrows her eyes as she sees you begin to teleport. Sees you land on the other side. This is going to give me an extra die, because again, mixed success. She hops on her board, 
heads off towards uh, the, the ledge, makes the jump, and I think at the last second she's going to engage her gravity beam, and where you had been able to teleport skip across, she's going to sort of like gravity swing herself uh, to sort of propel her jumps a little farther and make the same jumps you were making without actually teleporting. Or at least that's what she's going to try to do. Let's see how she does with this. Come on, baby. That's snake eyes. That's double ones. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, she goes for the first jump and tries to make that gravity swing and it just doesn't quite catch the way she wants it to. And it flings her off in the wrong direction. And the first sound you hear out of Whitney Wick is the sound of, ah! And she splashes into the pool below you. <laughs> uh, if Lake's still filming beside me, uh, Nick will kind of like look over his shoulder and go, oof, weird gravity. <laughs> <laughs> ah, SNL for the Whitney's, uh, for for the Wicks. Sorry, and yeah, down on the dance floor, uh, Elliot, you're still standing there, just looking uh, righteously angry at what's going on here, uh, and you feel uh, a spray of water hit your back as someone splashes into the pool, but you didn't even you you don't even clock it. Um, yeah, I just want to see what what Elliot's uh, feeling in this moment. Uh, Elliot is actually. At the point where she is so angry, she is kind of crying. Like, oh. if she were trying to speak right now, she wouldn't be able to. Like, her voice would be shaking. And, like, tears are just leaking out of her eyes. And I think she makes her way over to the bar. Fair enough, yeah. I think it's that kind of thing where it's, like, it's a very crowded bar. But, like, the energy you're putting out into the room is just, like... Like, there's a, a, a wake clears out. You're, like, parting the seas. <laughs> um, you're able to walk right up to the bar because just no one wants to be between you and and a drink right now. Yeah, a, a bartender uh, leans over and says something that you can only assume is what'll it be in Opera Ablin. Is there, like, a menu or something? Or I think she just points at a bottle in the back. <laughs> <laughs> I think you... Uh, maybe pull out your phone in that moment while you're waiting for the bot, like just, you know, absentmindedly check your phone. There's nothing there. Um, but I think the bartender's about to ask for some sort of payment from you and the fancy new prototype M phone tips them off of like, Oh, these are the Miper guests and you get your bottle. No questions asked. Um, <laughs> they pass over the whole thing. Oh Damn, my God. Like, pours the shop, but then also leaves the bottle. Damn. <laughs> Well, you pointed at a bottle. You, that's, mm -hmm. <laughs> um, that's what you get. And then, yes, sure enough, let's let's get the uh, Robbie the robot looking uh, robot comes over to you and is like, rough day. <laughs> um, Want to talk about it? <laughs> no. Thanks. Don't mention it. Uh, and goes back to trying to get the attention of the bartender. Um, I know what my next trick is. Okay. Uh, Angus is going to look over to Wendy, because I think that's who's been going up against him. Mm -hmm. He's going to hold up two fingers, two letters. Yes. So <laughs> I would like to basically, I think, wall ride down to the stage. Okay. Uh, and part of the trick is he points at Ramona Nova, pulls out his phone, and holds it in a selfie position. <laughs> yeah, so so the trick is is not just 
get from the balcony down to the stage, but also get a selfie with Ramona Nova. <laughs> yep. That's absolutely worth two letters. Uh, so you're going to mark a kick to do that. And then, yeah, tell me what else you're rolling with and let's get that roll. Uh, we've been playing this whole freaking game and none of us have said we're looking cool. So I'm looking cool. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh that Whoa. whole fight. I forgot. Dang it. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to mark a kick. I'm going to look cool. I am going to take a dare to add 2d6. And may I take a hype die? Yes. Go for it. Excellent. I am rolling 4d6 with a kick. Please. Five. Mixed success. Um, yeah, you, you describe to me how this goes, and then I'll, I'll retaliate here. <laughs> Uh, Angus leaps off the balcony, uh, kind of goes in a almost question mark like curve down the wall. He's kind of using it to like slow his momentum a little bit. Uh, Mm -hmm. There's space time slush on walls, right? Eh, inoperable probably. (laughs) Uh, I I think actually he's streaming. And so he streams himself wall riding in this question mark shape down skids up next to Ramona, points the camera at both of them, and says into the mic, hey, hon, who wrote this? It's catchy. <laughs> and then and then kick flips off the stage and into the dance floor and does a little, like, uh, facetious shimmy. He doesn't dance either, but he's having fun. <laughs> Angus is my hero tonight. <laughs> <laughs> I got you, boo. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, Wanda sees this brazen display. I think Ramona is... is startled but again just tries not to let it shake her and and puts even more into the into the singing and 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 hits the next high note with even more energy um the crowd is is loving this they're not sure what's going on but (laughs) ramona nova's performing a private set for matt static and someone just stage bombed her and like it's all great stuff (laughs) wanda once again cracks her neck uh mounts her board it's the jacket that she has, the uh, the photonic jacket. So she fiddles with something on her lapel and her jacket starts glowing in sort of a dark purple-y static and, uh, and glitching out and doing cool colors. Uh, and she's really getting ready to like make a show of this one because it's for two letters and she's about to be on stage in front of everyone. So she wants to look her best. Uh, and let's see if, if you can end it all with this one major play. I am rolling with two because you did get a mixed success. Let's see how it goes. (laughs) No word of a lie, double threes. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. (laughs) Yeah, you know what? I I think it is just, uh, yeah, she goes to take that jump over the edge and you kind of wall wrote, like you went straight down the side of the wall um, from several stories up. And I think she goes to follow you and like, drops a couple levels and then starts to panic and at the last second grabs the edge of one of the catwalks and sort of swings out and like redirects herself to the side so she doesn't even like beef it hard or like plunge into the pool or anything but she just like it's the the vertigo sets in and she bails before she can complete the trick Mm -hmm. and uh and yeah with that congratulations weird gravity you've won a game of slug against the wicks high fives up in the up in the balcony with nick yeah, yeah, yeah. We're gonna give you some crew style for that. I think I think one for each of you for uh for finishing that off. That that was fantastic. So three crew style are on your ta- on your crew tab now. I think at some point uh you you regroup maybe now that two of them are down on the main level, 
Wendy is like, it's boring up here now. I'm going to the bar. And sits down. <laughs> um, if, if you follow, they'll they'll be waiting there and, and maybe buy you a uh, uh, good game drink. Um, but uh, I, I think Angus is rolling up to the bar, but I think he's going to check on Elliot. That makes sense. Yeah. Let's check in on Elliot at the bar then. Um, you've, you've got this bottle. Describe to me what this tastes like. What you, It can be anything you want it to be, but what have you lucked your way into here? Uh, I think it's really sour. Like, <laughs> like really sour. Like it's meant to be mixed, <laughs> but she's <laughs> drinking it straight. You pointed at like some, yeah, blue curacao or something or some weird like, yeah, this is not, this goes in a cocktail um, but they're not going to say no to the new Miper It crew, so mm-hmm. <laughs> so there you go. I think it's also like a very high percentage for that same reason. Yeah. Like it is meant to be the liquor in the cocktail. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. She's like drinking it and pulling a face every time she does. <laughs> uh, and yeah, as you're there drinking, um, I think you see Angus saunter up to the bar. He uh, he rolls up on his hoverboard and then like steps off and and kicks it up under his arm, sidles up to you, takes the bottle, sniffs it, pulls a face. He looks at you and says, how you doing? Why Why can't he just realize that we care about him and that should be enough? (sighs) Well, uh, I think sometimes it can be really, really hard for people to... uh, see that other people care about them. They feel like they don't deserve it. That's stupid. Uh, I mean, yeah, yeah, I guess it's stupid. I'm on notice here. I noticed. I don't like her. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, she sucks. Yeah. Look at her smug face. Stupid face. It's pretty. I hate it. She doesn't even sound that good. (laughs) (laughs) This guy gets it. (laughs) Hey. You're going to be all right, hey? Yeah. And then Angus takes a a swig from the bottle and pulls a huge face like, Elliot, (laughs) this is vile. I don't speak operablin. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, and that's exactly where we leave that. Um... (laughs) Yeah, I want to see one more thing here. I want to cut over to our friend Chester. Uh, So you had just left your dressing room racing out to go try and track down uh, the members of Jet Collective and tail them with your fedora pulled low. And I think it's it's that fedora down in your eyes that, that sort of, like you're trying so hard not to be noticed that you're also not doing a great job of watching where you're walking. And I think you plow right into somebody, but it's like, like the weight isn't there. You, you feel like you walked into someone, but also like you walked into like half of someone they're just like there wasn't any enough resistance there and you pull up your hat to see uh a semi-translucent nick low uh n- doubled over in a heap on the ground oh, ah, oh i'm sorry mr porpoise oh 
Oh, Nick, Nick. And, and, and I pull them up and, and like in my other hand, I, I have uh, my phone and I've been trying to like track them, uh, but also like try to get a message out and try to find the group chat and try to text it on the T9 thing, which it takes forever. And, uh, <laughs> uh, and yeah, and, but I pull Nick to his feet. Nick! Chester! Oh, I <sighs> thought it was the dolphin. What's with that guy? I don't know. Sometimes I think you're just born as a dolphin. <laughs> anyway, um, I, look, d- Nick, there, there's a big uh, problem. I, I think uh, Jet Collective might be uh, out to ruin your run. Je- Jet Collective is still around? I, I thought they were heading out. I... Well, they they just oh. uh, talked to me in the, in the locker room, and they were talking about... Uh, the team and how they thought it was a good idea that I left and I don't know. I wonder if they're trying to recruit me to help them out. Like, I don't know. All I know is that they said that they are going to um, mess up some Miper thing. Oh, well, if that's the case, I, I think I know where we should head. Okay. uh, Well, Kindred Multiversal Mega Tower, 640th floor down the hall on the right. <laughs> um, well, I, you can head that way, but the thing is, I, I, I'm still following them. I'm going to try to keep up with them. Oh, and, and like, I'm, I'm still like, I'm starting to like remember, like, oh right, I got to keep following them and start heading that way. Oh, well, Chester, if if you're trying to keep a low profile, uh, well, maybe this will help. And Nick digs down in a hand into his pocket, and he pulls out an electric mustache. <laughs> Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> uh, he'd been keeping it on him for runs because he, he felt like Chester was still there with him. Oh my god! Uh, oh, that's so good. And you know what circuit scenario you're in right now is a scenario where you are following somebody who knows what Chester looks like, and so you need to look like. No one in particular, just not Chester. This yeah. is the applicable scenario for this. <laughs> this is exactly when you would want to use the electronic mustache. Oh my god. Oh, this makes a lot more sense. You... Oh, okay. And I, I uh, put it on. Um, thanks, Nick. I... Make sure you warn the others. And I, I try to head off after after Jet Collective. Good luck, baby face. <laughs> <laughs> and Nick, I, I think you're you're left there uh in the middle of a bustling operablin pedway, uh, and you realize that uh with this new ability, each only half of you, and we established that, you know, you can't just retract or dissolve the other copy. You have to come back together to regroup. Uh and there is no way for you to impart this information to your other self other than regrouping physically Mm -hmm. uh and you begin the long trek to matt static well uh it was already seen that lefty upstairs had Mm -hmm. the negatana mark ii yes what happens in the split here does righty also have a negatana i think if it duplicates your body and your clothes and everything else about you i like the idea that like like the things that you carry on your person, I feel like also, it, it yeah, it feels weird if it didn't. So I think that's that's the cost of like why it sometimes take extra kick to do actions. I think that's consistent with how we used it. Of like when you wanted to use your negatana, 
it took extra kick because you you've really only got half of its potential kind of thing. So you mm-hmm. got to really push it. So I think you have one here too. And just like in the other scenario, it, it costs kick to, to use it in the way that you would. Yeah, that, that totally makes sense to me. Um, that being the case, I don't know that Nick's going to try and slowly walk back up. <laughs> Fair uh, enough. But uh, just, just doing a little quick, quick rehash of something that we haven't read out in a while. Uh, slip rattle. Roll to teleport in-universe by slicing space-time. If you can't see your destination, potential problems are worse. And I doubt that I can see into another tower, uh, possibly several hundred floors away, can I? Uh, absolutely not. Well, uh, we're gonna try it! <laughs> oh, damn. A fourth. <laughs> <laughs> 